You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. We're set for a huge night on Saturday night. It's the culmination of the constellations for racing Queensland, Albion Park playing host to a huge meeting. And this big race, the Blacks of Fake, named in honour of the greatest champion of all time, uh, is going to be an absolute ripper. Leap to fame's taken all before him. His main danger on Saturday night is his older half-brother. And they meet for the first time. Swayze is his name. The combination of Jason Grimms and Cam Hart, they were to the fore last year. They were able to walk away with the Blacks of Fake with Majestic Cruiser. So they're the defending champs. They're looking for back-to-back titles. Can Swayze knock off the all-conquering leap to fame? The man driving Swayze is Cam Hartney. joins us now. Cam, appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. A uh, little bit of pressure for you guys on Saturday night because, A, you're the defending champion, and, B, you're a possibility of knocking off the buzz horse right here on his home soil on Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> we obviously got up with Majestic Cruiser last year and it's definitely a big thrill for the team. So hopefully we can go back to back, but we've obviously got a pretty big challenge ahead of ourselves with Leap to Fame, but um, we're definitely going to give it a good crack. All right. Firstly, what, what are your thoughts on Leap to Fame? You've raced him a number of times. Now, last year as a three-year-old, you've raced against him so far during this campaign. What's your assessment of Leap to Fame? Oh, he just looks to be a champion, really like the last three starts he just keeps getting better and better and um yeah a couple of times you probably think how can he win from where he was and he just seems to get it done and and in the end do it quite easy so uh he's definitely probably as good as i've seen and um probably scares you a little bit having to come up against him every week but uh, it's also a good challenge yeah absolutely of those three wins that he's recorded the patron's purse the, the rising sun and then last week the sunshine sprint of those three victories, which one stood out most for you? Yeah, probably the Redcliffe win. Um, yeah, obviously, he'd gone to another level from uh, you know his last preparation. And I just thought that night it was a really good field. And I thought from the tricky barrier and the smaller track to get around, um, I thought if everyone was going to get beat, it probably would have been then. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't there live. But um, a lot of people said it looked unbelievable, even better than what it did on TV. So... Um, yeah, it was pretty impressive, that one. Okay. So as it stands on Saturday night, gate two for Swayze, and you've got Leap to Fame drawn directly behind you. So what was the initial thought process for you following the draw? Yeah, I was really happy with the draw. Um, if I could have picked the barrier, it would have been two. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can just punch through early. There's obviously a bit of speed on the inside and the outside of me. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty versatile and can make a move whenever. But... Um, ideally, I'd love to get to the front, but it yeah, was we'll played by year. I don't want to do too much work and have Leap the same sitting back there smoking the pipe. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. The, the start is going to be important, but how much gate speed do you think Swayze has? Is he one of those horses that can show a little bit more than what he has previously? How, how do you think he's going gate speed-wise now under the care of Jason Grimson? Yeah, I think he's got a bit there. Um, I haven't really had to use it most of the time when he's ended up in front. He's just been able to work forward and, and you know, the front sort of looked to be there with the fields he was racing. But, um, yeah, I think he's got enough there. He's obviously 
no turn it up or anything like that, but he'll probably get across early, but hopefully we can keep mustering up and hopefully get a fourth spot. Okay. Do you, do you press, do you look hardly, turn it up's a horse that, you know, normally hands over, so are you are you determined to get to the top? Yeah, I think so. I think that looks our best chance to try and beat Leap to Fame is to get to the front and, and make him make him chase us. So, you know, ideally that's the way I'd like to drive him, but obviously there's, um, you know, other drivers that probably want to do the same, but, um, yeah, that's probably our best way to victory, I'd say. All right. So in a perfect world, if you're in front in the Blacks of Fake on Saturday night, and Jason's quite bullish about his chances, uh, he thinks that he's a very good stayer and he can sustain those really strong sections. And he proved that when he set the track record two starts ago. So do you sort of go out there with that freedom that you can just sort of put the foot down and just try and run them ragged? Yeah, I've got a fair bit of confidence in this horse's strength. He um, is very similar to his brother in that way. So, um, yeah, 100%. I think he can turn out some really good sectionals. And, um, you know, when you're rising up in grade and got, you know, it's not just leap to fame um, in this race. It's a really good field. So you've got to run those strong sectionals at the right time. And um, hopefully we can do that. Uh, last time out, he was successful in the Mr. Feelgood and there was so much to like about that performance. What, what sort of impression did he leave you with that night? Yeah, I was super happy with that. He just, um, he'd obviously been winning really well prior to that, but it was the first time he'd stepped up into a decent grade, uh, racing good horses. So, yeah, super happy. He had to do a lot of work wide from probably the 800 metres and, and was really strong on the line, so... Um, yeah, hopefully if we can find the fence, I think he'll go even better. He just got a little bit hanging on that last corner, so I just kept him balanced. And then obviously we've seen the way he kicked away up the straight. So yeah, I think finding the fence on Saturday is going to be a big advantage as well. All right. And do you believe that he'll be better suited at the 2600? Yeah, definitely. I said that to Jace. I think the longer the trips get out, um, the better he's going to be for sure. Okay. How would you compare Swayze right now? You, you've had four drives on Swayze, four wins. So how would you compare him going into the Blacks of Fake in, in comparison to last year with Majestic Cruiser? Yeah, it's probably hard to compare. They're sort of two completely different horses, but I definitely think he's got the class uh, to win a race like this. Um, you know, Majestic Cruiser has always been known as a good sit springer, and that's the way he uh, won the, the race last year, but probably going to be the complete opposite this year with Swayze. I'll have to, you know, put him into the event and, and make it a bit of a staying test, but definitely think he has the class to take out a race like this. Okay. Now, with the, the, the comparison with Swayze and Leap to Fame being brothers, um, how does it sort of how does it sort of play out? Do they look anything alike? Uh, yeah, probably a little bit. Um, they're both, you know, only plainish looking horses, you know, but uh, obviously they've got big motors, so that's the main thing. Okay. All right. Well, you've uh, you've got some key drives on Saturday night. He's certainly one of them. What about the Oaks? Race number seven, Tintin Joe, again for Jason Grimson. She was terrific last time out in the southeast, though. It's missing out narrowly behind Jewel Melody. Can, can she go one better? Yeah, I think she can. I was super happy with the way she went, um, yeah, in that southeast Oaks, and I really like the draw for her. I'm, able to just you know give her a nice soft trip and don't have to worry about uh, using the gate speed so seemed to work well last start for her and it seems to be quite an even race um, there's no real standout filly in it this year so yeah I think she's um you know if she gets the right trip she's going to be definitely there 
Are you hoping for pace in that race? Yeah, ideally, I'd love to be able to drive a similar to um, the way I did last week. So, yeah, if there's a bit of pace on, it's going to bring us into the race. All right. The Trotters Cup, this is a Group 1 feature, and you've got a key drive. He was the beaten favourite last year in this race. Doc, your cat, three runs back. Is is he ready to shine on Saturday night? Yeah, I really think we're probably going to see the best of him. He's, um, you know, a big gross horse, so he's taken a couple of runs to really get to peak fitness, but had those three runs now at Menangle and every time he's gotten a little better. So, um, yeah, same as uh, Tintin Joe. I, I don't mind the barrier for him. He's a quite a fast horse and I just love to see a little bit of speed on early and be able to get a track up into it. Um, they'll definitely know he's there. All right. The other key race on Saturday night for you is the, uh, the four-year-old championship. This is a high-quality race. My ultimate Ronnie, he's had the two runs back. He was third first up in Sydney behind Spirit of St. Louis and Typo. That's enormous form. And then third in the other rising sun behind Leap to Fame and Rock and Roll Hammer. Can he take this race on Saturday night? Yeah, for sure. I was super happy with his run in the rising sun. He, he had to do a bit of work early and then obviously he had to chase home a champion. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, without any Leap to Fames in it, I think he's going to be a top chance in this race. But in saying that, we've... You know, harness racing fans are being spoiled with some great four-year-old racing over this carnival, and this one, uh, you know, sets to be another good one. Do you know if there was any sort of consideration about throwing in a nom for the Blacks of Fate with my ultimate Ronnie, or was this always the target leading towards the Eureka, which is obviously going to be the grand final? Yeah, they definitely did consider it, the connections, but they just thought, um, you know, it's probably no point having to throw him in the deep end only five or six weeks away from the Eureka. They'll just target the four-year-old race and, um, yeah, try and really get in prime for that big race uh, in September. All right. Are you looking forward to that? The build-up for that race is just going to be epic. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, it's really exciting just to be part of it. And, yeah, the build-up seems to just keep getting bigger and bigger each week. And, uh, you know, with Plum and Angle and, and Harness Racing New South Wales working together, they've got some good entertainment on. And, yeah, I think the uh, atmosphere on the day will be unbelievable. So, yeah, really looking forward to it and glad to be part of it. All right. You're one of the number one drivers in the country. Uh, you continue to take all before you. About 130 so far for the season. Are you confident you can bring up a double century? Oh, I'm hoping so. Uh, I was able to just get there last year, I think. So, yeah, it'd be nice to do it again. But um, I'm actually going on holiday for a few weeks after the Black of Fate. <laughs> so that might put me back a little bit. But uh, I'm really happy with the way the year's going and um, yeah hopefully we can take off a couple of bigger races uh, in the back end of the year Alright, is it Europe or the US that you're uh, heading on vacay for? Uh, Europe yeah, so we'll go and see a bit of sunshine and get out of this cold winter Right, awesome I really appreciate the time today, best of luck on Saturday night, look forward to seeing you trackside Thanks Chris, appreciate it there's Cam Hart joining us, so uh, he's got a great book of drives and, uh, you know, he's in that uh, difficult spot where he's driving the main danger or what's considered to be the main danger to leap to fame in the Blacks of Fate. I'm going to track down the number one trainer in the country right now, Emma Stewart. Uh, her, her record is just unbelievable. And I want to talk more about that with her, but she's got some key runners on Saturday night, including this odds-on favourite in the derby, the Lost Storm. As we know, he's got his ticket to the Eureka, and he's going to take on these big boys. Emma, good morning. Good morning. How are you going? Really well. Would I be right in saying this is your first Queensland derby runner on the weekend? 
Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, definitely yeah. the first. Okay, you brought a good one. <laughs> yeah, we we weren't mucking around. We thought if we were gonna uh, make the trip, we uh, sort of had to bring our biggest gun. So, uh, you know, we're not coming here to run second. All right. Well, it looked awesome last week. So, is he trained on well? Are you happy with the draw? Yeah, no, he's trained on well. Um, this will be his third start back, and um, you know, he's trained on well, and he's loving the warmer weather up here. So, um, yeah, now he's doing everything right. All right, 2,600 metres first time. Any concern there? No, no concern. He's like a, a perfect little racehorse. You know, he's got good gate speed and he settles well. And, um, yeah, he's just a, sort of a, a great all-rounder. He's a lovely-looking colt. There was so much to like about him when he paraded and presented on track last week. And he, he delivered with the performance. But he's a lovely-looking colt, well put together, strong, muscular. Yeah, he's beautiful. He's probably the nicest type that we've sort of had. Um, he's not over big, but he's strong. He's got a great head on him. Um, he's, a, he's a beautiful individual. All right. So he, he starts on Saturday night, the Derby, and then, as I said, he's got his spot in the Eureka. That's going to be a challenge, isn't it? Um, you know, I know he's almost rising for in the old language, but uh, taking on the likes of Leap to Fame, Catch a Wave, Ca uh, Captain Ravishing, it's a, it's a big challenge of set for him. Yeah, it's a huge challenge, you know, and it's going to be very, very difficult for him. But um, his advantage is he gets a, a better barrier draw than all those guys. So, um, you know, that's going to benefit him somewhat. But, um, you know, we're confident in his ability. Um, we've got no... Uh, we're under no vision of how good Leap to Fame is. You know, he's a champion, so he's definitely the one to beat. So um, as long as he can sort of um, keep up with him, we'll be very happy. Okay. Speaking of Leap to Fame, the Blacks are fake. Uh, this is going to be a cracking race. You've got the visitors' draws with your two runners, Mac Dan, who was completely out of luck last week, and Amore Evita, who won the Group 1 Golden Girl last week. She takes her spot. Just on last week with Mac Dan, everything that could go wrong did go wrong for him uh, through no fault of his own. <laughs> yeah, it did. We thought it was sort of a perfect barrier draw going into the race, and... Um... You know, unfortunately for him, things didn't go his way. But, um, you know, he still ran on well. Um, and um, he's always thereabouts. He's sort of very underrated. He, he doesn't look anything special and he just sort of doesn't race anything special. He just always tries. So um, if the heat's on for the for most of the trip, you know, he'll definitely be coming home. Do you think there will be a lot of pressure in this race? Do you think it's going to be a genuine run uh, race over the longer journey? Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like Swayze is going to go pretty hard. So, um you know, it sounds like the heat's going to be on, though, so that benefits us. And, you know, Leap to Fame's going to have to make a run at some stage. So hopefully, um, you know, the speed is genuine. We get a good crack at it. Okay. Amore Vita on the backup after beating the Mayors in that Group 1 feature. I want you to be honest with me. At any stage, did you think she was a winning hope? Because she looked like she was sort of under a little bit of pressure going into that first turn. Chris was sort of winding her up just to get her on the bit. So what were you thinking? <laughs> I was thinking we were in all sorts because she was flat pump out of the gate and then, you know, she sort of, she's a funny horse though. She sort of drops a bit and then gets going again, drops a bit and, you know, at the 400 she was done and then at the top of the straight she just keeps going. But she's like that at home. So, um, you know, it's not unusual for her, but I, I, was, uh, I was a tad bit worried. Yeah, well, there was so much to like about that performance because, as I said, she seemed to be off the bit all the way. She was three wide solo from the 900. And I think that's the quickest time a mare has ever paced around Albion Park. She had no right to win. 
No, she didn't, but it's sort of, she's got a great will to win and, and she's never done. So, um, you know, she's a super mare herself and, you know, her run last week was like spectacular. So, um, you know, she's going to be have to, she's going to have to be at her best again this week and, you know, she's got a terrible draw, but um, hopefully again, the, the, the tempo is genuine and she gets a good crack at it. Was there any hesitation about going to the to the Grand Circuit race? Did you consider the four-year-old race or was it always the Blacks of Faith following the win last week? Um, no, we did consider it, but, you know, we're up here and she raced so well last week and she's sort of a, a big, gross sort of mare who, who does well with more racing. So we thought, you know, it was fair to her to give her a crack in the big one. We sort of hoped for a better draw, but that didn't happen. But we're happy to be in it and we're really confident with her. Okay. This is a race that should bring back good memories for you because you've won it before. I think it was 2015 for memory. One of your all-time favourites, Philadelphia man, old Dean, he was able to get the job done. So you know what's required to win this race. <laughs> yeah, Ding was a great horse to us. And, you know, um, he was sort of the first horse we campaigned up here. So, you know, it's exciting to be in the race again. Okay. I want to talk about just the whole sort of numbers thing for you because everyone keeps asking me, how do they keep doing it? How many horses? So just looking at it, you're in your 13th straight season as far as a century is concerned. I think you're around a 150 or near enough for this year so far. Uh, your biggest year, 2017-18, 309 winners. Have, they, have those days gone past you now? That's just way too much? Or what are you sort of aiming at nowadays? Um, I think back in those days, we were sort of racing more consistently and racing nearly every day of the week and um, sort of trying to get the better calibre horses that we've got now. So um, now that we've got sort of the better calibre horses and the really well-bred young stuff, we don't tend to have to race as much. Um, and we're sort of aiming up for more of the better races. And we are travelling um, interstate a fair bit more um, now at the moment too. So I think we're probably just trying to target sort of more of the better races and you know, we always have a lot of juveniles that go through the camp as well. So sort of those those races are more the focus. Yeah. But just looking back at it, that, that's five, six years ago, 309 winners for the year. So that's almost a winner a day. Gee, it would have been hectic. You wouldn't have had time to, to think about anything else. <laughs> no. And that's sort of, it's sort of a pace that you sort of can't keep up. Like it was all right for that season. And, you know, everyone was sort of up and about and wanting to travel to the races all the time. But... As you get a bit older and we've got Willow now, sort of, you tend not to want to go to the races every night of the week. So things change and you sort of change your focus a little bit. Okay. Do you know that you're looming on a, on a big milestone? I think you're only a few wins away. I think you had more winners last night at Bendigo. So you're only a couple of wins away from 3,000 lifetime victories. That's a huge effort. <laughs> no, I'm not aware of that. I sort of don't pay any attention to that sort of stuff. And if it happens, it happens. So, no, I definitely wasn't aware of that. 113 Group 1 winners, three of those at Grand Circuit level, one of which has been here in Brisbane. So astonishing numbers once again. <laughs> yeah, no, they are when you look back on them. But, um, you know, sort of when you're working and, and sort of keeping moving all the time, you don't sort of look at those numbers. I think it's something that you sort of look back on later when you when you finish up and you're telling everyone how good you used to be. But, um, yeah, <laughs> you, sort, you, you sort of don't look at those things while you're going, I don't reckon. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I want you to name your top five, not necessarily just blessed with ability, but your top five horses of all time. Uh, Mafioso, Philadelphia Man, Ladies in Red, 
I'm gonna have to get half of them. Um, <laughs> You're gonna upset someone too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll upset someone. Safari. Um, and my personal favourite is Tough Chili. Okay, right on. There you go. Not a bad little list there. <laughs> no, it's a good list, and I've no doubt forgot one that I should have had in there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a cast of many. Clayton will probably give you a, a little dig in the ribbon and say, you forgot to ride high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there's one. Yep, I will get in trouble yep. for that one. <laughs> yep. So just with Tough Tilly, she resumes on the weekend, and you mentioned Ladies in Red. How far away is she? Um, ladies in Red's probably about a month off uh, trialling, and she's come back really good. Um, and Tough Tilly, she resumes again this, this week. She was, we were thinking about bringing her up for the Golden Girl, but... Um, she was sort of just a little bit behind a more Aveda and a different sort of style of racehorse, so I didn't think it would suit. So, um, yeah, it's exciting to have her back this week. Okay. And just in closing, the weather here in Queensland right now compared to where you're from, Ballarat, <laughs> it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? I think it was minus two at home uh, yesterday. feels like minus 6.3, so uh, we're very happy to be up here. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a cloud in the sky looking out of my vantage point right now. That's a beautiful day here. Yeah, all right. I really appreciate the time. Great to have you up here again. Good luck with the Lost Storm and all of the runners competing for the stable across the weekend, and we'll see you trackside. No drama. Thanks very much. There's Emma Stewart, the number one trainer in the country. It's an unbelievable stable loaded with so many stars, and uh, we're going to see some of those uh, horses stepping out on the weekend, including the Lost Storm. He's at $1.25 with tab fixed price. So... That's going to be very interesting to see how uh, that derby uh, unfolds. The Oaks is going to be a great race on Saturday night. And many are thinking this is a race that doesn't possess a standout performer. Jewel Melody is the favourite, deserving favourite. She's a four-times Group 1 winner. But there's a few that are snipping at the heels of Jewel Melody. So I think connections are uh, hopeful that uh, with a little bit of luck that they can cause a little bit of an, up, uh, an upset. But the local fillies, I've got to admit, don't have a great record. Since 2000, only four locally trained fillies have been able to win the Queensland Oaks. The last, that was back in, I think, 2014, maybe 2011. Forever Gold was the last Queensland filly to win the race. But records are meant to be broken. They don't stand forever. And we've got an excellent chance with Sky Blue. thought this filly was really unlucky last time out in the southeast, though. She's trained by Jason Carr. Keith Hayfen Dawson, number one driver in the country. He's on board, and she's running from gate two. Let's get the thoughts of Jason. Jason, good morning. Good morning, Chris. What are your expectations going into Saturday night? Um, I'm really... This is the race we've been aimed at. Um, you know, it was disappointing to see Barrier 7 last time, um, and we just really made, this, made sure that this race would be our grand final. Okay. Now, let's talk about that last, uh, the South East Oaks. Gate 7, you had no option but to go back. You watched the replay over and over again, and in the end, she just, you know, ran out of racetrack, really. She was running right up behind them. What was the main takeaway from that race, from your point of view? Uh, we've got her 100%. We're, yeah. we're, we're certainly going in the right direction. All right. Has she trained on well since? Oh, absolutely, Chris. I really can't fault her at this stage. Um, we had Lisa Justice out here yesterday. She went over her. She said she, she's perfect. She's she's really good. She looks good. Um, she hasn't missed a grain. Um, barrier 2 is, is 
probably a, if if I had to choose a marble, probably would have been the one I chose. Um, got the dangers all outside her, so she's got a lot of options from there. Okay. How much gate speed does she possess? She has got a bit of gate speed. Um, certainly, you know, in a lesser company, she probably could show a bit more. Um, but in this grade, I think they've all got equally as much gate speed. Um, so I don't know what Nathan... That, yeah, I'll leave it for Nathan to decide those sort of things. But, um, yeah, it, she has got enough gate speed to, to cross. Okay. Now, what did you make of the rest of the field, drawing where they've landed? The uh, dual melody will start from the outside of the front row, so that's not going to be easy. You've got uh, Promised Land Peaceful to your outside, and then you've got a couple of other key runners drawing the second row. So Absolutely. do you think this race is going to generate really strong tempo? Uh, well, I hope so. I was, I was hoping it would do last week, but that, that didn't come to fruition, or last time. Um, so I, I think this will be a different sort of race. Peaceful's are going to be a little bit fitter. Um, potentially, maybe a, a change of tactics. Maybe, maybe hold top this time, um, which which would really make it interesting for for us going forward. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I'd love to have a crystal ball, but um, yeah, it's, it's whenever we look into it too much, it's never worked out for us. Okay, so you just got to play it as a as it comes in front of you? I, I think so. I, I'm, I'm 100% happy with the filly, and I think she can do a little bit more work now. She's certainly stronger than she was at two. Um, she's, like, really, really just trained on perfect going into this race. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, uh, depending what these, these southern horses do off the front... Um, will really set it up for us. Okay. Well, we know she's a good quality filly. Group one play, she's been competing at a higher level pretty much since the day she walked onto a racetrack, and this has been the focus. So what would it mean for you, Jason, if she was able to oh. land this big prize on the weekend? I'd probably been a lot. Mm. There's yeah, been a lot of work going to this filly, hasn't there? Yeah, yeah. She, like her first start, she had a fall, and that really set our um, set our plans back. Um, but yeah, going forward from there, you know, every run she just builds on every run. You know, going when she was, went to Sydney for the um, uh, for the British Challenge, she sort of went down for the for the heats, and you know, it was a good second. And then she she went to the semis, and it was another good run. And then in, in the final year, she was cherry ripe. So she doesn't do a lot here at home on the track, um, but um, she certainly builds on her on her runs on the racetrack. Okay. What are we looking at after? So win, lose, or draw? Is she off to the paddock, or is there another target coming up? Uh, no, no. Oh, she certainly she'll go back to Sydney for the Breeders' Challenge. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, she only got two weeks off. Sort of at the start of the year, she she stayed around for the for the Easter egg um, um, in Sydney, and then she she only could get two weeks off before she come back here. Um, so yeah, she'll probably have a have a little bit of time now, and um, and then and then probably head back with David when he comes up for the size stakes. Okay, if she does happen to win this race on Saturday night. 
Do you start yeah. looking at the Victoria Oaks? Uh, do, you, do you sort of start mapping other big race targets now? Um, no, probably, probably, I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't want to really, I wouldn't like to take on Emma Stewart in her own backyard. Um, it, it gets a bit tough from there, but um, certainly next year, you know, I think the, the, the aged mares races are really looking promising. Um, they, you know, they seem to have them pretty well programmed all throughout the year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, yeah, I probably look, probably look a lot more at the aged mares races after that. Right. Maybe the Golden Girl could be a target during the carnival next year. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I would think that would probably be definitely a target for her next year. All right, awesome. I wish you the best of luck. I think she's in with a, a chance there on Saturday night. I think she's flying under the radar, Sky Blue. She's got the right draw. She's got the right driver. Really appreciate the time, Jake. You've done a big job with her. Hopefully everything goes to plan. Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. No, my pleasure. Jason Carkeet there with Sky Blue lining up in the Queensland Oaks running from gate number two. The favourite for that Oaks on Saturday night is the Bernie Hewitt-trained uh, Jewel Melody chasing her fifth Group 1 victory on Saturday night. There is Western Australian interest on Saturday night at Albion Park. Magnificent Storm, two runs so far. He was unplaced first up in the Mr. Feelgood behind Swayze last week. He loomed at the turn and then just sort of peaked on his run halfway up the lane behind Leap to Fame. So it looks like he's getting better and more accustomed to the style of Queensland racing. Matty Young has been following this horse very, very closely. He joins us now. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Was it a pass mark for you last week, the Leap to Fame run? Yeah, uh, about Magnificent Storm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I thought his run, thought his run was really good. Um, I thought it was a fair chance of winning coming to the turn just where Leap to Fame was and the way he lined up. But uh, as he said, he just peaked on his run a little bit. Is he better suited this week, Matt, at the 2600 compared to the sprint trip last week? Although I think he's a better mile of the 2100 metre horse. Uh, not saying he can't run the 2600 metres, but I, just, I think that's a, a slight concern. From the draw, it's a bit awkward. There's some speed underneath of him, and uh, I know Kurt Lutz has a good speed. tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Where do we find your best bet? Uh, race 2, number 6, Firelord. I, I mark this bike as the best on the car. I think we could get some good value about him. Uh, I think he's in the top three three-year-olds in the state. Uh, 
got a big opinion of this there. So he bumped up again, rolling fire, and also he bumped up on the feet of the state, but that's his biggest test on Friday night, rolling fire. He's going pretty well, he's on as well, but I just think Simon was different grading. I think he uh, did a bit twice about him. And I can see him and being able to get the job done, so he might be $2.50 to $3, and that could be uh, a really good play for me, right? Scholar Law that is, race two, number six. That is a horse that you have been talking about in recent times, so uh, he can get the job done there in a good quality three-year-old race. Hey, you're a man of many talents. You're out there jogging one now as we speak, <laughs> so I'll let you focus on that. We'll chat again next week. Yes, thank you. There's Matty Young joining us from Perth. So uh, race two, number six, Sky Lord is the best bet for Matty Young coming through there at Gloucester Park tomorrow night. Uh, we were hoping to track down Bernie Hewitt this morning, but uh, he's just a little preoccupied. We've got a couple of early scratchings coming through for this meeting on Saturday night. Uh, in race two, Scarlet Babe comes out of that good quality mare's open. So race two, number six, Scarlet Babe comes out. In race three, the four-year-old championship, Danger Zone. He's a scratching. He's just been played by bad draws so far uh, during the constellations. He had gate seven outside of the front row. So... He comes out. That paves the way for James Cagney to run for Newcastle trainer Aaron Goadsby. And uh, he's got the picket fence going against his name. Robbie Morris will take the drive on that runner. As far as other early scratchings are concerned, the Saturday night, go to the Oaks, the Green Queensland Oaks. Miss Frufru, she comes out. She was drawn gate seven, so she is now out. And the emergency San Maria gets the start there. So Miss Frufru, an early scratching from the Oaks, and obviously... San Maria is a scratching from the consolation now that she's got a start in the, uh, the main race, the, uh, the Queensland Oaks, the Group 1 feature there. The last race on the program, it's a feature just like it was last week. It's a Group 3 race. It is the Trotters Derby. Last week, the Trotters Oaks rounded out that massive 11-event program, rocking with attitude, dominated. So she's aiming for a little bit of history here on Saturday night. She's already swept both the New South Wales Oaks and the Derby. She's got the Queensland Oaks, and she's got a very short quote to dominate the boys in the Derby on Saturday night. So uh, she's building a, a wonderful CV, and uh, that'll be a, a rare achievement if uh, you can win both of the Trotters, Oaks and Derby, in two different states, and she's still got the features down there in her home state. So we wish David Miles all the best of luck there with rocking with attitude uh, in that final race, which is a feature, a Group 3 feature for the, uh, the Trotters Derby. Don't forget the Calcutta tonight at the Breakfast Creek Hotel. Action starts from around 5.30 onwards. It will be fascinating to see uh, what sort of money is about for Leap to Fame, because I'm sure he is going to be the other uh, star attraction for the Calcutta. So that's at the Breakfast Creek Hotel, kicking off from around 5.30 onwards. That is mobile rolling for this Thursday morning. We've got all the boys coming up tomorrow. Jared Daffy with the market movers, Greg O'Connor, uh, Darren Clayton, Ryan Spies, Edgar Patterson, they're all going to provide a tip or two for the big night on Saturday night. And if you are wondering, race one of 10 on Saturday night at 5.14. But that wraps it up for today. I'll rejoin you tomorrow morning.